Hello and welcome back to the second episode of my podcast, Our Week in Film. With me is today's guest, Kevin Riley. Say hi to the folks at home, Kevin. Hello. All right. Okay. So we're going to start off with our fun opening segment. Are you excited, Kevin? Uh-huh. I changed it up a little this week. The This segment is sort of like um, fluid. Um, it can change from day to day. Today's segment is... Um, this is not movie quote trivia. This is just like movie. Tri- this is trivia. just movie trivia. Okay, so here, so pick a number between one and a hundred. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Excellent choice. Okay, here's your question: In the action thriller Speed, why is Annie Sandra Bullock's driver's license suspended? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Well, I'll give you a hint that the title of the movie uh, would help you. Did she do drugs? Nope. Are you familiar she, with the movie Speed? The one with the bus? Yeah. Yeah. If you... I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Okay. Why the, would I know that? The answer is that she was speeding. Uh, so you get zero Zach, zero Zach points for the, today's... I thought she was on speed. So, no. Why, she was speeding. I mean, that could mean that maybe she was you know, on speed, but due to the fact that her license was suspended and not like going to jail, like... You know, you could kind of surmise that it was somehow related to a traffic violation. Okay. I think we should do the quotes one instead. Well, I didn't know. I just looked up movie trivia, and this is what showed up. What if it was a quote from Speed? You wouldn't know that either. Yeah, but still. And you're gone with the wind. Okay, here's a quote. You have to guess it. Okay. Man, I sure do got to go fast in this bus. Is that from Sonic? No, it's from Speed. I know, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I also just made that up. I haven't seen the movie, but I want to. I've heard it's good. Chris Stuckman says it's good. He always talks about how it's his favorite movie. Yeah, okay. it sounds like a good movie. Well, for those of you who are new here, this is our fun podcast called Our Week in Film. Every week, we go through our the movies we've seen. Uh, typically, I see a lot more than Kevin does, but who knows? Maybe this week he has seen more than I did. I don't know. I haven't checked his letterbox. Um, but yeah, we just go through our films, we talk about them. Maybe there will be a convers uh, a deep in depth conversation. Maybe there will just be a couple passing remarks. Maybe I'll just briefly cover the film and move on, or Kevin will briefly cover the film and move on. But regardless, we're all here to have a productive conversation about movies. So we're going to start off on where we left off last episode, which was on the seventh. Um, <clears throat> And I just, did you watch anything on the seventh that we didn't cover on the episode? Yeah, besides school hand loop, I didn't watch anything. Okay, okay. So then, then we'll move so on. So that would move on to the the eighth of April. Did you watch anything on the eighth? I didn't. I I didn't watch anything on, on the eighth. Okay. Except for my daily episode of Breaking Bad, of course. Oh, maybe we should start a podcast called Our Weekend Daily Episode of Breaking Bad. No. What do you think of that idea, huh? A little spin off. No, it's okay. The old, the old Our Week in Podcast Network? No, I think that's fine. Oh, really? Okay. So on the 8th, I watched a film called Oh Lucky Man. You may recall last week I talked about the movie If, starring Malcolm McDowell, which was directed by Lindsay Anderson and was about a schoolboy who is rejecting the authority. You remember? I do remember, yeah. <laughs> So the next, uh, so so that's part of a trilogy, an unofficial trilogy called the McTravis trilogy, which is a series of three. I would I would not really recommend watching all three. I'd recommend the first two, 
but you know, you can watch all three. But yeah, so and, and why is it called the McTravis trilogy? Well, because it's three movies, all starring Malcolm McDowell, all who play a character named McTravis. But the thing is, the, the 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 actual character itself is not. There's no continuity. It's not the same character. And in fact, what's interesting about O Lucky Man is that. First of all, you see characters from the previous film back again, um, which you would expect. Uh, they're playing different roles, but they also play multiple roles. Like there are several actors that you see showing up in multiple, you know, scenes. So it's interesting in that way. But yeah, so oh, oh lucky man, I I I liked this a lot more. I gave it three and a half stars. I thought it was a really, really like interesting film. It's very long. It's three hours long, but it's um it's sort of this journey through this man's life as he goes through various jobs and sort of moral positions on life and it's sort of um i guess poking poking fun or, or criticizing capitalism throughout it but and it's a musical no it's not a, well why this do you right here it's a musical looking at the description uh, well sprawling it's, surrealist musical it's not real i mean it, it it's a musical in the sense that there is music and there is actual you know there's actual footage of musicians playing um which is interesting um basically it's like each scene i guess is preceded by just a band playing a song and that kind of leads you into the next um the next thing and i actually added the the, the music to my playlist um because I, I thought it was really good but yeah and then also we see that band eventually, but it's it's very interesting. It's not like exactly a musical, like the characters don't sing, but there are singing, you know, characters in the movie that are just part of a band. It's hard to explain, um, but anyways, yeah. So it's 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 very s wide and sprawling and lots of different fun stuff and s lots of interesting stuff. I don't think it always works, but for the most part, it's really really good. Was there was there random black and white? No, there was not. I like I like that a lot more. Was that it didn't feel like just doing stuff for the point for the sake of it. it. Just it felt more um put together. I think that's probably a product of the fact that you know it's he's that Lindsay Anderson was sort of growing as a director. So yeah, it's a uh, it's much less known than If, but it's I think it's better in my opinion. I might need to rewatch If, but yeah, I like a lucky man. Better. <clears throat> Did you watch anything on the ninth? And that's all you watched on the eighth. Yeah, yes. I did. I did watch something on the ninth actually. I watched. Uh, I watched Gemini Man. Mm. So, yeah, Gemini Man was um, interesting. It wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it actually wasn't wasn't too bad. the The action was actually surprisingly really good. The uh, the uh, the especially the motorcycle chase scene. It was really well shot. It, it followed them, them very smoothly. It was it was a lot of a lot of um, I don't know if it actually was one take uh, shots, but a lot of them were were looked like one take um, uncut shots. So I really liked that about it. Um, the the camera work was definitely the highlight of the movie. It was well directed, but uh, the writing was not great. Um, you know, uh, Will Smith was good in it. He's good in everything I do. I like I like him in. In pretty much whatever he does um also what's her name uh, mary elizabeth winstead was in it as well she was she was good too she played uh his 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 sidekick pretty much um yeah <clears throat> and it, it was it surprised me they they gave a lot more uh depth to 
the, the young the young Will Smith's character, I, I expected him to just kind of be the, the threat and the, the hitman uh, throughout the movie, but they, act, they actually give him a lot of depth. He has like just as many lines as, as old Will Smith, and um, spoilers for the movie, if, but you know, you don't, I wouldn't rec- really recommend it. They, they actually become friends at the end, and he kind of takes young Will Smith in almost as like a, a father figure, um, because because the guy who actually who produced young Will Smith in a lab uh, was not a very good guy, and he, um, he 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 wasn't the good guy, and and I forget exactly what happened at the end, but he stopped being his father figure, and old Will Smith and Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, t- kind of took him into care, and and young Will Smith started going to college and did something with his life. Wow. And they, was, that, was that all in just the, the uh, falling action or is this part of the plot? No, that, that, there was, it was one, it was the final uh, wrapping up scene where... The montage? See, no, you see Will Smith, old, old Will Smith and uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead walking through the universe and then they see young Will Smith and they go, oh, hey! And he walks yeah. over and he pats him on the back. Yeah. Oh, hey! And he goes, and he goes, and young Will Smith says, Man, I don't want to look like you in thirty years. And he says, "Boy, you'd be lucky if you look like me in thirty years." Wow, so. that's crazy. It was forgettable, um, but f- pretty fun. While I was watching it, I gave it a six out of ten. It was just above being uh, bad, but I, for the most part, I enjoyed it. It was directed by Ang Lee, which is surprising since he made broke that guy made Brokeback Mountain, which is a great movie, and this was not. Yeah, but he also good. made the 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 hit flop movie Hulk so he's I, I get the feeling that he's sort of like a hit or miss type director or the, he's someone who who yeah. sort of works with outside of the boundaries of how other people want his movies to be I, I, I definitely don't think uh, this was Ang Lee's passion project probably he was mm-hmm. probably just hired to make this so was Gemini, was the 120 frames per second thing like could you, was that there or was it not on the Blu-ray well, because it was shot at 120 frames per second, that was like the selling point, and, and it was shown in theaters like that. Was it shown on the Blu-ray, like that? I don't know. <clears throat> I, I I really couldn't tell. What do you mean That's by too that? bad. Well, there it was shot at 120 frames per second, so it looked sort of like I I didn't see it, but uh, my friend Sam Yol Manel, he saw it in theaters with the 120 frames per second, so it sort of looks more like hyper realistic and sort of like uncanny valley type territory where it looks like unreal because it's so perfectly nah, smooth I don't, I don't think so uh, maybe i don't know i watched it on my small tv so really it's probably a, has to be a special it just looked like a normal, projector. normal movie to me and uh, um, that's yeah. awesome yeah i watched that and one other thing but i'll let you oh. talk about a couple more that you watched. yeah that, how many did i watch oh, six okay so the first one is just a short. It's uh, it's called fifteen hundred words. There's a there's this channel called Um Amaletto. I don't know if you've seen it or heard of it, but I think it's, so. It's this channel that makes these sort of like, um, they don't make them. I think they they just distribute them, and they they're these short little short films. They're all these like concept films, um, and this one was about a guy who had fifteen hundred words left to live, basically, which is you know not a real thing, but. It was an interesting concept, but it didn't really go anywhere, so I gave it three stars. I but I've seen that. Yeah, you probably have. There, there are all these titles that are like, they're like 
they're like really long yeah. titles. They're like, yeah. this, this a man has only fifteen hundred words left to live, and he decides to cope with his life. Yeah, and they, they yeah. title it like it's a real thing or something. Yeah, yeah I'm familiar with that channel. So I, I watched a couple of those, and they're sometimes they're interesting, but this one was not. It it was it was it was good, but it wasn't like didn't do anything revolutionary. Um, I just watched that because I felt like it, and then. I watched the final movie in the series, um, which was in the Mick Travis series, which was Britannia Hospital, um, which I was very disappointed in because uh, Malcolm McDowell isn't in it very much at all. Uh, he's actually th the third build person, and um, it just felt kind of empty without him because he was just sort of used as sort of like a, a, this one's very a, unpopular. a plot device. 800 people saw it. Yeah, and not it has pretty low ratings comparatively. I think it's like a three point three or something like that. But yeah, I gave it two and a half stars. Uh, it just didn't feel like as as you know bigger or important as the other two films, so I gave it two and a half. And then um, I watched two Akira Kurosawa films in a row, and then I'll, I'll let you do the other one. So uh, the first one was Stray Dog, which is about. Um, uh, a, a new detective who loses his uh, gun uh, on his very first day. And so this leads to this whole sort of plot unfurling where the guy who found it starts robbing and, and murdering people. And so they go on a, on a journey, and it's sort of like a buddy cop film. It definitely is a buddy cop film with, um, uh, ooh, what's his name? The guy, Takashi Shimura. Who's who's uh, the two main actors for Kirigasa are just Toshiro Mifune and Takashi Shimura. I always like Takashi Shimura more. He's just he's a better actor and he's more of a more of a relatable guy, I guess. But yeah, both of them are really good. Uh, I and I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, so I gave it three and a half stars. And then the other one was also really good, also starring those two actors, which is Scandal, about a guy who. Um, the newspapers publish that he's um, sort of in, uh, in, like in a relationship with this girl who he's not, this famous singer, and so he goes to court and fights it. And Takashi Shimura is the lawyer, and it's really also really good. Um, it doesn't go too deep, but it's a it's an amazing story. It's always impeccably shot, so I liked it a lot. I give it three and a half stars. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, okay. Uh, the only other thing I watched was a, a short called Donald's Lucky Day. I watched a short called Donald's Lucky Day uh, strictly because I have a um, I have a calendar, and every month is a is a poster of a classic Disney film. So this <clears throat> this is why I watched this. Um, this was actually March's poster, but. I don't know why I just didn't get around to watching it, and uh, I tried to look it up on Disney Plus and it wasn't there, so I had to go on like a ten-minute manhunt to try to find this short somewhere online. So I found a really crappy bootleg version that looked like it was recorded on a on a on a, a tape or something. Right. It was recorded directly off of the Disney Channel. There was a, the Disney Channel watermark in the bottom corner. It was it was shown on the Disney Channel. I guess so. so wow. Yeah, it was. It's about Donald. Being, he's a delivery man, and he tra he uh, he's delivering a bomb. 
from a mob boss. They give him a bomb and he transports it. It's pretty yeah. dark for Disney. Yeah, and maybe that's why it wasn't on Disney Plus. Yeah, it was. It wasn't that great. I I laughed twice. That was my review. I wrote for. I don't even remember what I laughed at. It was very forgettable. I gave it a six out of ten. But I'm I'm indifferent towards it. It's okay. So I get that's you. all I have to say for that. Okay. So, the final two films I watched those that day was uh, Sergio Leone's, what I thought was his debut feature, uh, The Colossus of Rhodes, pretty middle-of-the-road movie. Uh, it's like a, a period piece set in Roman Greek times, and it's, um, it's, it's doesn't have anything, anything like, um, interesting. It's just like a action movie, I guess, and so... I gave it two and a half stars. I thought it was, <clears throat> geez, I thought it was his debut feature, but then I went back and I looked at it, and apparently he had a movie that was earlier than that, which somehow I missed, or either that or someone literally added it within the like two days that I saw it. But the, his apparently debut feature is called The Last Days of Pompeii, which is available on YouTube, which I need to watch, which apparently he took over for the director who had some sort of complications. But anyways probably not very interesting uh so yeah but i'm gonna eventually go through all of the sergio leone films i'll have to go back to that first one and then finally is the famous akira kurosawa film entitled rashomon um which is it's it's this amazing amazing film i gave it four and a half stars which is like basically my highest score um and it's it's so it's so rich in in like every every shot is filled with with a lot of a lot of meaning and it's it's hard to get it all in one go so i think i'm going to go back eventually obviously and watch it again and hopefully i'll gain more insight and that seems to be the general consensus around it uh, this one isn't as highly rated as i would think uh, it's really highly rated it's 4.2 but i think a lot of people sort of give it like around four or four and a half instead of the total five uh, which I can understand because it's not I think um, on the surface it doesn't appear as amazing as you might think but um, like I think if you look deeper it, it becomes better um, so I gave it four and a half stars uh, so it's a very simple story but it's very um, it's very well told and that's what I watched on the 9th. So, Kevin, tell me. I'm interested to know. Did you watch anything on the 10th? Yeah, I did. Uh, I watched one movie, but I'll let you... I see that you watched a lot more than me on the 10th, uh, as usual. So, why don't, you, why don't you run through a couple of the ones? Jeez, you watched so many. Uh, Do you have my letterbox page pulled up? Yep. Why is that? Just for... Reference and context. Oh, I see. Okay. So you can go through a couple of yours and then uh, okay. I'll talk about the one I watched. I'm going to try to speak very concisely. This is a lot. How many are these? Like 10 here and 9. Okay. So I decided to get into. features? Yeah. Yes. So I decided to get into the Columbia Noir collection on the Criterion channel. Uh, and so the first film was. Blind Alley, which was a surprising, uh, surprisingly good film. It's um, it's it's the only noir film I've ever seen where the guy actually says "see," as in "sweet sweet oil." See, uh, I I always am aware of that like like a sort of stereotype, but I've never actually seen it except for in this movie. But it is actually um, pretty well 
pretty well done. I give it three and a half stars. Um, it's about a guy who sort of psychoanalyzes um, this criminal. Uh, and yeah, it's not, I, I feel like it that sort of just simplifies mental illness to just being able to solve it easily, but it's just really well done uh, just regarding that, disregarding that fact. Uh, and then I watched The Idiot, which was a really, I did not like it at all. Akira yeah, Kurosawa. Another, oh, yeah. Kurosawa? It's another Kira Kurosawa you film. You dare insult. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's a pretty shared sentiment. I give it two stars. And this is just because it was extremely, um, like, extremely sort of soap opera soap opera-y. And that it was, like, um, sort of just went on and on with different, like, um, plot lines sort of just going in cyclical loops and it sort of seemed really exhaustive um i i do know that part of this film was cut out and that might have something to do with it that sort of like the important bits were lost but as it as it stands it was really just sort of didn't feel like it accomplished anything in the nearly three hour running time um and then i watched trolls which i watched i was about i think oh i read that wrong 166 i read 166 yeah uh, then I watched Trolls, which watched was the troll, yeah. Trolls duology. Uh, well, yes, I, I viewed the Trolls duology. Trolls was pretty good. I mean, for an animated movie, it was it, it was on the level of most typical animated movies. It's not Pixar level. It's not, but it's not like emoji movie level either. It's um, it was good looking at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now, nowadays most animated movies are good looking, but yeah, um, Trolls was was. Okay, I mean, it had very extremely predictable plots, but it had it, it was. Um, no, I don't even know what well it's about. Well, oh, it's about, about um. Just sing. No, uh, it's, it's weird because the villains are also trolls, but they're just big trolls. So the trolls are like the normal plastic-sized troll troll dolls. They're like that sized in the in the world, but then there's also these big, uh, ugly, hideous trolls that um are. Uh, that are so sad and depressed that the only way they can become happy is by eating the small plastic trolls. And so there's a terrifying plot where the trolls have to evade being eaten, and then uh, eventually they're found out, and or that that's the like the beginning or prologue to the film, and then eventually they're found out, and, and a couple of them are taken back to the troll place, and they have to go on a mis mission to rescue the trolls. And so, yeah, I mean, everything is very predictable. Exactly everything you think would happen, would ha it happens. But, yeah, it was, I mean, it was done it's competently. It's in it. Yeah, it's got, got a couple of YouTubers. It's got everyone in it. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Ricky um, Dillon? And then I'll do two more. Okay. And then I'll watch the film My Name is Julia Ross, which was, um, if you're familiar with the term, gaslighting. Um which is when someone is told a lie so many times that they begin to question whether or not they, what they believe is actually true just because the people that are telling the lie to them just say it so confidently. And it was coined from the movie Gaslight, and it's now used today in politics. But anyways, this film was very early on in 1945 um, about a woman who is captured and taken to a house and told that she is someone else and throughout the movie she she is the the people are trying to convince her that she is not who she thinks she is and yeah in order to do 
nefarious deeds with her. I guess it's sort of maybe a spoiler, but not really. Okay, final thing I'll say before you do yours is the film Ikiru. Ikiru. Now I've heard of it. You have. It's it's one of Akira Kurosawa's most famous films, and folks believe the hype at home. Folks at home, you better believe the hype because Akira is is a really I would describe it as beautiful. Um, it's it's um, it's slow, and it's it's methodical in the way that it presents the the, the character of uh, not Akira. That's not his name. Akira means to live. What's the character's name? Uh, people, I Kanji Watanabe. I assume other people would make that mistake too, thinking Akira is his name. But uh, yeah, in in presenting Kanji Watanabe as this man who has lived his whole life sad and sort of in a state of repetition and monotony. And he gets cancer. He gets can- it's a it's, it's a, a real Breaking, breaking Bad, bad type story. Yeah. He does not go into drug dealing. I think Vince was inspired by Akira. Yeah. Maybe who knows? I mean, it's on the level of Breaking Bad. Not as good because he doesn't have enough time to establish. I'm sure if this was a 62-hour-long um, TV show, it would be as good as Breaking Bad. But unfortunately, Akira Kurosawa never delved into the world of television. But anyways, Akira was um, really just extremely well done, amazingly shot. It's the 24th highest-rated film on Letterboxd. And I, did, I didn't cry, but I got very teary-eyed, uh, especially the famous... Shot on the poster is him swinging on the swing, which is a really amazing scene uh, near the end. And yeah, so Takashi Shimura just really blew me away again with his performance. And I think it's, I think this is the film that sort of um, totally swayed me over to Akira Kurosawa being like an amazing genius. Because before I was kind of just like, yeah, he's made, he makes good movies, but I haven't seen anything that truly blows me away yet. Besides Seven Samurai, but this one was was that movie for me, so yeah, that's Ikiru. Well, after you after you watch so many Kurosawa films and, and Ikiru, I I went ahead and watched Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo <laughs> Bay, which uh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Harold and Kumar gets gets uh, gets some hate. Uh, on Letterboxd, but you know what? I stand here to defend it. The first one was great, and honestly, I think I like uh, the second one even better. It was... Mm, it's a bit of a hot take, isn't that? The second one a lot lower rated? Like, a lot lower it's rated. 2.8 versus uh, 3.2. Wow. Yeah, lower rated. Admit, uh, yeah, it, w- it was really good. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, John Cho and Cal Pan are, again, great as Harold Kumar. Um, the the plot was a lot better this time. They're they're pretty much on the run the entire time because they escaped from Guantanamo Bay, of course. How did they end in, up in, in a, Guantanamo in a very, Bay? In a very offensive and hilarious scene in which, um, uh, how to describe it? When when Kumar and Harold get on the plane, there's this racist old white lady who looks at Kumar, and she sees him as a, as an Al Qaeda terrorist. Mm-hmm. They put Calpen in like a turban and a big beard and he goes ah, la, 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 la. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then uh kumar goes into the bathroom to smoke weed on a plane wow. where he brings like a secret bong uh like 
I don't even know how to descri uh, describe it, but like he brings like a odor he brings an odorless bong onto the plane that he built himself with a with like a filtering system that blows out Febreze smoke instead of weed smoke. Um, this is the days before vaping was invented, I guess. Um, but yeah, they go they go into there to smoke weed, and then and Harold starts um, scolding him because throughout the series Harold is, is the more grounded one, and Cal Ten Kumar is, is more of a of the dumb stoner, um, and the old lady. I'm pretty sure Kumar is a medical genius. He just he is. Play, he yeah. just plays it down. That, that's he's what's not. so great about the series. <laughs> Um, it's really yeah, deep and, and, the, and the white the white lady looks behind her and she sees Kumar with the bong and she thinks it's a bomb and she goes terrorists wow. and then the the, uh, the air marshal tackles Harold and Kumar and he goes no it's not it's a, he goes it's a bong and he goes it's a bomb they hear it wow. as a bomb and it's very funny so that that's what gets them into into Guantanamo Bay uh, and they're only in Guantanamo Bay for like a few minutes and and they they escape. Um, and the entire time, the, the the villain of the movie is is this ridiculously overplayed um, agent who is 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 very racist. And throughout the whole movie, like he he talks to they they get Kumar and Harold's parents in there, and and Ed Helms is actually in it for like one scene. I guess this is before he got really famous because he has he only has only one scene in the movie. He plays like he plays uh, the translator. And they talk to, they try to talk to Harold's parents, and the, the agent villain go, uh, tries to uh, talk to the parents through uh, Ed Helms, and um, Harold's parents speak perfect English. They don't even have an Asian accent or anything. They speak perfect English with no accent. So they they, they were born and raised in America, but the, uh, the racist agent thinks they're. Native, yeah. Chi Native Chinese people. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. So classic that, bit. Yeah. Seen it before. And uh, Ed Helms does a um, talks in fake Chinese. He goes Jing Dong Wang Dong Dong to to the parents, and they go, <laughs> wow. "We know what you're saying. We speak English." And then he goes, "I don't know what they said. They're speaking some kind of made up language." <laughs> so it's, That's it's pretty. Yeah. It's overplayed, but it was funny, and the the, uh, the villain was a good villain. He was. Since he was so overplayed and ridiculous, I really hated him the entire time. I was like, God, this guy's an idiot. Um, yeah, it was funny throughout the whole way. I laughed a lot, a lot. And yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> I love Harold and Kumar. So. Good for you. Yeah. I like Harold and Kumar. Go to White Castle, too. Yeah. Okay. So I'll just do the final three films before I went to sleep. Or, sleep, or I guess I'll do the final four films because... I watched all these in the same day. This is a day I stayed up all 24 hours, and so that's why I watched so many. So I was trying to reset my sleep schedule, which didn't go so well. But anyways, Trolls World Tour is the film that I watched after Ikiru. Great follow-up, huh? Uh-huh. I watched it with mm -hmm. my mom, and I watched it with a sort of a, a live tweet-along tweet, tweet -along thing. Uh, I, I, the only reason I watched both these films is because the uh, McElroy brothers, who I greatly respect and admire, were in this film. It wasn't worth. It wasn't really worth the twenty dollars if it was my money, but it wasn't. It was my parents. It was my Easter. It was my Easter present. It's interesting how, how, when I when I heard that it was twenty dollars to buy without a without a second thought, I said twenty dollars. That's ridiculous, but that's pretty much the cost of a movie ticket. But it's 
when you're not actually going out and making it an event. It seems so absurd to spend I mean, that's true. twenty dollars. That's what you pay for for the. That's why movie theaters tickets are so expensive. Yep. Because you get an amazing presentation, and I love going to the theater. I, if I could, I'd go see every movie in the theater. Um, gosh, I missed the movies. Gosh, uh, and after we get out, I'll, I'll be I'll be going to a lot more movies because I can finally get Regal Unlimited. Um, and I'm gonna have to go back to my job. But yeah, Trolls World Tour is a disappointing follow up to Trolls. It it had really nothing to do with the original story. They they didn't bring back any of the like the 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 evil trolls, so to speak. Um, Except for the after credits scene, aren't they? Isn't the main character evil? He's trying to collect all the troll strings or something. Well, the the uh, well, no, the the villain is evil, but that's that's just a normal troll. It's a it's a sort of a Avengers Endgame or Avengers Infinity War type, I guess, ripoff basically, where the the girl needs to get all six of the troll strings in order to unite the troll world under rock music. But uh, yeah, they learn the true meaning of but diversity. The, the good trolls, they don't like rock, right? They yeah, like pop or something. I mean, there's just some pretty, uh, pretty like dark. Sort, I guess not dark, but like like sort of deeper meaning that's very on the surface and obvious. But like um, references to like um, cultural appropriation and stuff like that, and sort of like like rewriting history. I guess like how like we sort of don't really talk about how. We put the Japanese in, you know, internment camps. We talk about how the Nazis put the Jewish people in, you know, just labor camps and death camps. But yeah, it sort of sort of references that. But but it's very surface level and very obvious. But anyways, yeah, I didn't like it at all. It was it's one and a half movie for me, and you know, I wouldn't recommend it. I I mean, I had fun just for the semi experience of 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 watch of seeing the the McElroy brothers tweet along but even then very disappointed by Griffin McElroy my favorite brother he he didn't tweet at all he only retweeted the other brothers tweets anyways two more film three more films okay i'm going to go try to go quicker so so dark tonight really really um really bad film it had an awful twist that was just the worst thing ever was this another colombian noir Yes, yes. Uh, I would I would not recommend it. Sounds like a not a very good collection. I just like this. I'm not going to check it out. Well, the first two were really hit it out of the park, so to speak. But yeah, uh, so dark than I didn't like it at all. But um, um, what's what's the twist? Well, the twist. I don't know. Spoilers I really don't care. for this uh, nearly. What is this? It's eighty years old. Eighty year old movie, nearly. Uh, Spoilers is that the twist is that he is trying to solve the who murdered his um, prospective lover or or yeah mistress who he's trying to figure out who tra- who murdered her and the twist at the end is that he had schizophrenia and oh, he gosh. murdered her but they, there's no like clues for it or anything it's just like ah oh, that's the truth and yeah so anyways uh, I did not like it. Uh, and then I watched A Raisin in the Sun, another Sidney Poitier film, back again with the Sidney Poitier classics. Loved it again. Gave it three and a half stars. That was great. It's a it's a play adaptation and it is very play like, but um, it has a it has a interesting message that you sort of don't expect um, uh, at the end. Um, and yeah, it's interesting. Uh, and then finally was Gilda, which uh, another noir film about a guy who sort of joins a uh, underground casino ring and the boss's wife is his ex-girlfriend and, and uh, 
mischief in, ensues from there. I like the first half of this film a lot, but it sort of fell downhill in the second half for me. And so that's the 11th. And then I <clears throat> guess I didn't do anything else that day. So did you did you watch anything on the 11th? Yeah, I did. I watched I, I watched the the Dollars trilogy. Mm. Yeah, this is where it get in. It gets interesting. Entire Dollar trilogy. So, courtesy of my Walmart. Yeah. Pack that I got for courtesy of your dollars. Walmart pack. Yeah. Uh, containing a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more, and the good, the bad, and the ugly, which I technically watched on the twelfth, but I started it on the eleventh, and I didn't finish it until like two in the morning. But yeah. So I watched A Fistful of Dollars, which is the first movie in the trilogy. Um, it was pretty good. This is this is what I this is what I pretty much picture what I think of mm, a more boring western. Um, this is this is I don't know. It was it was good, but I wasn't in love with it. Um, it it took a little while to pick up. There was there was some good scenes, but for the most part it wasn't anywhere near the level of, of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, but it was good. I really, I don't have much to say on it. You you haven't seen either of them except well, for the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah. yeah. It was it was definitely cool as a trilogy to watch it. Um, watch. I'm I'm trying to go through a bunch of trilogies and watch them each each all in one day. Because watching watching a trilogy in one all in one day is an interesting experience. It makes the viewing much better. Um, it's cool seeing Clint Eastwood in all three of them. Um, and there's it, it. It is definitely cool of the how it it can be seen as um, an actual cohesive story with the good and the bad and the ugly. It shows how he gets his poncho, and then for a few dollars more and a fistful of dollars, he wears that same exact poncho that he gets in the good, the bad, and the ugly. So there's definitely mm. a lot of cool connections between the movies. So yeah. A Fistful of Dollars was pretty good. I just gave it a 7 out of 10. Uh, for a few dollars more was a lot better. I liked it uh, a lot better. Because um, it, it was it was about bounty hunting, which I, I always think is a cool, uh, interesting uh, concept. Uh, and there was two bounty hunters. Clint Eastwood was one of them. And then he, he has to team up with the other uh, rival bounty hunter because they're both trying to go after uh, El Indio. Um, who's a who's a big tough villain, so they they have they have to team up and take him down. It was a good movie. They shoot they have a they have a gun duel where they just shoot each other's hats for like five minutes. Wow! They shoot it and then they pick it up. Yeah, and they, they put it back on. Eastwood shoots the guy's hat and he goes, starts to walk towards it. And then right when he about to pick it up, Clint Eastwood shoots the hat again and wow. he just keeps going. They do that probably <laughs> like four times until he eventually. The other guy retaliates and shoots Clint Eastwood's hat and shows off, and he's a way better shot. He shoots it in the air, and then while it's in the air, he shoots it again, and then while it's in the air, he keeps shooting it. So wow. he goes, what's up, Clint Eastwood? I'm a way better shot than you. Come at me. So, yeah. He says that? Yeah. I gave that an 8 out of 10. Uh, yeah. I pretty much only watched those to enhance the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I probably wouldn't ever rewatch for a few dollars more and a fistful of dollars, at least not for the near future, but... Good, the bad, and the ugly was so good, but uh, technically that's on the twelfth. So, oh, well, you didn't watch anything. Oh yeah, well, I did. I watched Raiders. I watched Raiders of the Lost Ark on the twelfth. Oh, okay. Well, I'm then I might as well just talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. Next, uh, this movie is just wow. It's so 
great. I gave it a 10 out of 10, uh, which I, I haven't given a 10 out of 10 in a while. Um, so it was nice to watch a, an amazing movie again. Um, and wow. Sergio Leone, actually, which is how it's pronounced. I thought it was Sergio, but I looked it up. It's Sergio. Or Sergio. Sergio Leone. Sergio Leone. That's how you pronounce it. Okay. Sergio Leone. Um, yeah. We can have a conversation about this movie because we've both seen it. I saw this movie on a plane, and it was It was an amazing experience for me. I think the, one of the best things about this movie is the music. And it's oh, yeah. The iconic. score The score for all three of the Dollars Trilogy movies is just phenomenal. I think I that it's the same con composer Ennio for... Ennio Morricone. Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, the, 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 the classic... Doo -doo 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 yeah. Always gets mentioned, but the thing... The, the, my favorite is the... Um, the um, ecstasy of gold which is near the end um which is dun dun wait no that's wrong wait no no no, 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 no. what's ecstasy of gold it's <laughs> i think i know what you're talking about you're just singing it really badly <laughs> yeah it's at the end when they find the gold Anyways, I, 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 my favorite part is when it, it is the super low. I get like full body chills every time they mm -hmm. play that. And I mean, it works perfectly with the movie. And yeah. I think I, I listen to that song all the time, and uh, it never, it never, it never lives up to the actual watching the movie, which yeah. is the case with a lot of movie soundtracks. Or combined with the movie, I'll listen to it, it and I'll be like, "That's awesome!" And then I'll add it to my playlist, and I'll be like, "That's pretty good," because it doesn't have the the visual side component to it, mm -hmm. but yeah, and Clint Eastwood is is um, a, just an amazing actor in this movie. I think every, I think every shot of him is like it like seems like it's like iconic. His his classic like sort of like face. Yeah. Um, with the cigar. Every now. shot, yeah, with the cigar. He just has looks, such a, a, a presence to him just the natural aura of like power so and, the, and being the coolness commanding the room when he exactly. he's on screen yeah and what's his name eli wallach um tuco is a, a an amazing villain he was uh he was great uh the entire time as i said in my youtube review as uh, the entire time I, I was i despise this guy he's like the most despicable um person ever all the stuff he puts um clint eastwood through through the whole movie uh, making him walk for hours and hours in the desert with no water or anything um when you you just see uh, his completely burnt cracked up face mm, that's a that's a really in the desert i'm like man this guy shot. I, I hate this i hate this dude no, Kevin. I you I said this in your, you said this in your review originally, and I was thinking, isn't Tuco the 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 um, titular ugly of the group? And yeah. Is is not the other the other guy the yeah. the true villain of the film? Isn't 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 the ugly sort of? He's obviously a really bad guy, but he's sort of semi, uh, I guess, um, redeemable. Not really. Mm. He's he's like the worst from the very beginning. You, they read off all the crimes he he mm -hmm. did. He like raped two girls, two underage girls. I don't got just so much stuff. He, he's he's the most greedy, like selfish person. He doesn't do anything except for his own in, intentions. He only like the the moment 
the moment uh, he he knows he needs uh, Clint Eastwood, he stops abusing him because he needs mm-hmm. him. He only does that because for his own selfish intentions. Um, yeah. The only thing is I wish the angel eyes, I guess, as the bad, he didn't have as much. He kind of just shows up at the very end out of nowhere um, so they can have their final standoff, which was awesome. But he definitely didn't have as much... Um, uh, presence in the movie as, as Tuco. It was it was mainly just about Clint Eastwood and Tuco the, the entire time. And occasionally Angel Eyes would pop in and out of, of the story. That's true, that's true. That's true. Okay. El bueno, el bruto, el, cav- el cativo. What's that? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Italian. Italian title. Okay. Ever seen an Italian film? You ever seen an a- Italian western? They're, they're, they're awful. Okay. That's from The Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Oh, sorry. Yes. The the um Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. The twelfth, I watched two films of varying levels of excellence. The first one was Raiders of the Lost Ark. The second one was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a film I've seen one time before. Um yeah, I think I've seen it Yeah, once or twice all the way through, but I have no memory of it. Only, only the most iconic scenes, but I, I couldn't tell you what happens in the movie. Um, and the same thing for me. I watched it last year for the first time. Uh, a, a lot of these films, I think uh, my dad sort of deemed to be sort of too inappropriate at a super young age, and then he just sort of forgot that he never showed them to me and you, I think. So I never actually saw it. I know we had a movie night one time, a long time ago. I'm pretty sure you were there. We were, we were going to watch it outside on the TV. On the TV. I think we did. But I, we didn't. I don't think so, because the TV wasn't either that or I went upstairs. I don't know. But anyways, that was before I was enlightened with the magic of cinema, and I only watched Marvel movies and Disney Disney films. Okay, and even then, I always said I watched Disney films. I hadn't watched like barely any. But that's besides the point. Raiders of the Lost Ark is is truly a, a, a an amazing amazing action film. It's it's um, it's. First of all, I love how the way it's shot. Uh, it's not just like um, it's not boring. Every shot is interesting, uh, and besides that, um, Harrison Ford obviously is an amazing actor, and he has an amazing presence as Indiana Jones. He's just very, um, he's very, I guess, masculine and very strong and powerful, and also very, I guess, charming at the same time. And so, yeah, I love it. I love this movie a lot and i complete i didn't completely forget i remembered some plots but point plot points but um i forgot a lot about the movie because i wasn't sort of giving it my full attention last year i guess but this time around i really sort of grasped grasped with it and i enjoyed it a lot and then i watched indiana jones the temple of doom which is the second film which is very poorly rated i would say in comparison to the first one but apparently it's a prequel which i didn't know which really? was which wasn't stated, but I saw somewhere it was a prequel. Um, yeah, it never, it, it never addresses Raiders of the Lost Ark. It sort of just jumps straight into the action. We don't even get to see him back as a professor, um, which, yeah, it sort of just felt like a, it, it sort of lost the, the Indiana Jonesy feel that Raiders of the Lost Ark had and that uh, later on The Last Crusade had. It just sort of feels like, um, I guess, like the lost film that... Um, sort of doesn't really fit fit within the rest of them 
even with the the last king of crystal crystal skull that at least fits more in terms of the story not necessarily within what indiana jones like means as a character but within the the story um but yeah indiana jones temple of doom i give it three stars i didn't think it was bad it was terrible but i also didn't think it had the best action there were a lot of green screen shots that sort of threw me off and um lots of sort of mediocre action it was sort of hit or miss sometimes it was amazing sometimes it wasn't as good i also on the 12th i watched big fish big fish was was really good i liked it a lot uh, as tim tim burton's film uh it's very i couldn't imagine anyone directing this besides tim burton uh, his style pretty much just goes hand in hand with this entire uh the concept of this movie um it was great have you have you seen it I've not, but I mean, Do I don't even know. know. Not really. I, I I haven't. I never watched it before this. Is it animated? No, it's it's live action. Stars Ewan McGregor. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting because Ewan McGregor is the, the is the star, but he he plays uh, the main character's younger self. the The main character pretty much recounts uh, his life stories. Um, so it, it takes place in the present day with older you know mcgregor telling his stories but um the majority of the movie is is the stories so ewan mcgregor plays his younger self it's basically just about the um he's a dying man with cancer and he he's known for his stories that he tells and he's pretty much estranged with his son because he just he pissed off his son so much because he never felt like he connected uh they, they never felt like they connected with each other because his dad always just told these larger than life stories um and the the son uh just wanted to just to feel to connect with his his real dad not he didn't want to connect with the stories he wanted to connect with his dad so uh he well well uh so while they they go to visit his dad uh, pretty much on his deathbed he he recounts more of his stories especially to his to the to his wife um the son's wife so he he tells a lot of his stories to her and they start to um get get closer to each other um yeah it's it's a weird movie it's hard to explain i can see that <laughs> um but yeah it was really good the the stylistic Gosh, I need to. Does it have the crazy Tim Burton building, weird abstract, sort of German expressionism buildings? Mm, Not really. Doesn't it it, like the like the Charlie like the Charlie Bucket home? You know how it's all weird and slanted and. Not really. I mean, in a no, not really. Um, Gosh, we'll cut all this out. Yeah, I, I really liked a, a thing I like a lot about movies like this is where it's kind of it, it wraps up a, a, a one guy's life into into an entire movie pretty much. There's a lot of like little side characters that you meet along the way, um, like Steve Buscemi's character. He was great in this. Um, sort of like the Notebook. Yeah, I, I mean I haven't seen it. But... <laughs> it's the Notebook's all about how the. the now about how this old guy is telling his wife is the story of his life because yeah. she has dementia uh, yeah th- so there's there's a lot of characters you meet along the way that all um 
come back uh, towards the end or have their own have their own scene if in a, in a, like a second scene where they are addressed again and they have more um, I don't know they meet they meet him when he's older and wiser and they it's cool um, yeah it's it's confusing too because uh, because the stories he tells they they present them as as the reality that he he lived and I didn't even realize that I, I just assumed that this movie takes place in a world where things like giants and witches and stuff like that are possible um, but towards the end I, I I realized that his stories were actually fake I, I was believing them the entire time um, but then I realized oh they're not actually real which kind of brought down the movie's quality a little bit in my opinion I, I kind of like that uh, it took place in a world where, where giants and witches and, and, and stuff like that could exist but it it's not it's all it's all um, played up for the story so yeah big fish <laughs> so it's good so this kind of sounds like the wizard of oz maybe where like there's real characters yeah. are imagined as these fantastical things and then we see them later as normal yeah like I mainly one one good example would be like there there's the the giant in the movie and the entire time he's He's portrayed as a giant. He's way, way taller than him. He's like fifteen feet in the movie, uh, but once, once the, the end happens, you actually see him, in reality for the first time, and he he is tall. He he, he the actor is actually like seven feet tall, which I actually le I learned the actor who plays a giant passed away recently. Rest in peace because of his height. He he actually had a the, disorder where that caused him to grow so big. So I think he died because of it, but. Yeah, that's about all I have to say for this. I, I I had a hard time explaining this movie, but it was good. It's okay, I'd recommend it. It was a good movie. Check it out. It was it was very sad too. The the ending made me very emotional. It's just it's a it's an uplifting movie about life. It's good. <laughs> well, whenever I watch it, we'll ha you'll have a second chance to further try to better explain. Okay. So, uh, 13th, if you would oh, yeah. be so kind. Or did you watch anything on the 12th? I watched, uh, technically, in, technically, I, st I stayed up until, like, 11 o'clock to the next day, so I didn't sleep. So, my, my day was, the 12th and the 13th kind of blended together, because I didn't sleep through either of them. So, uh, I, I also watched the Terminator, the new Terminator trilogy, I guess. Uh, since they made, uh, since when they released Dark Fate, they said, uh, "Screw three through five. These, those movies don't exist anymore. It's only one, two, and the new one, Dark Fate." Do they say that in the in the sixth one, or is that just something you have to know based on background knowledge? What do you mean? Like, do they say, just like, do they say at the beginning of the movie, disregard no, three, that. four, and five? No, they don't say that. I I haven't seen Salvation or Errors Machines or Genesis, and I'll I'll watch them someday. But I've seen all of them except for Dark Fate. Yeah. So, um, so I watched I watched the entire new trilogy in in one day, just like I watched the Dallas trilogy. It was a it was a really good experience. Um, I watched the Terminator for my film poster, so I went on ahead and decided to just watch watch all three of them. Um, and the Terminator is one of my favorite action movies of all time. I it never gets old. It's such a great movie. Would you agree? 
I would. I, I mean, I, the thing is, I've only seen it once, and um, I think I've seen it. I typically, times. typically, I would need to see it a couple times to sort of appreciate it further. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I liked it when I saw it. I think I'm not sure, but I think I and actually that's not true. I was gonna say I rated it higher than the second, but actually I checked recently and I rated the second one a four stars, and the first one three and a half, I think. But yeah, both are really good. It's just pretty much a perfect action movie. Same with the second one. Just from it's 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 filled with so much um, just adrenaline, suspense, anxiety, and it it legitimately is like a horror movie. It's it's an action sci-fi movie, but it it really is like a straight up horror most of the time. Just the idea of this unstoppable force uh, trying to do anything in it that it can to just kill you is it's horrifying to think about. And Arnold is great as the Terminator. He's not a he's not the best actor, so putting him as a as a robot for his role is pretty perfect. Of course, uh, he he plays the Terminator great. Um, he, he, there's so many iconic uh, lines. Of course, I'll be back is, is is very iconic. And then they completely just ruined it in the third one. Where did you see the trailer for Dark Fate? No. Yeah, it's. Oh, uh, when when Sarah, yeah, Connor Sarah says, Connor, I'll be back. Yeah, no, she doesn't even say it like. To, Arnold does. She like throws her grenade. And she goes, "I'll be back." It's so bad. <laughs> All right. She says it like casually. Yeah. She says, "I'll be Stupid. back." Yeah. So yeah, Terminator. Do, is Sarah Connor in? I can't remember. Is Sarah Connor actually there for when Terminator says, "I'll be back" in the movie? Or no. She's wasn't not. that like a like a building? Some yeah. Building or the ter- yeah. Arnold says that when he's crashing into the police station where yeah. where uh, Sarah's being held captive. Um. As a trilogy, I get the only th- cool thing about it is uh, Sarah Connor's character development. When you meet her in the first one, she's a carefree young lady. It's it's really tragic what happens to her. Um, she, you meet her as just this carefree young girl. Even from like the way she looks in the first one versus the second one, she's pretty much the same age. But you can just see, like how she looks. She has a as as like a traditional like eighties bob. She's a she's a waitress at a at a diner. It's pretty much the most generic uh stereotypical young uh young lady living in the 80s um and she's she's literally just that your average girl who just goes through this horrific series of events and just ruins and changes her life forever by the by the end of the first one she's a completely different character than she was in the beginning and then in the beginning of the second one she's just pretty much this hardened uh is that like she's almost like a hardened World War Two veteran or something, mm-hmm. um, being held in her insane asylum? I guess. Now we'll officially move on to Judgment Day. We'll talk about that. Um, you meet her, and she's she's she's. You meet her doing like a series of like of pull ups. Um, she's she she pretty she is a prisoner. She's kept in in her uh, in in her insane asylum. And it's it's so annoying. I the the psychiatrist in the in the first two movies is is a great character. He's he's the most annoying person ever because he just he taunts he taunts Sarah for no reason. He thinks like she, he he's better than her, and and it's it's such a great moment when when um he finally sees that everything Sarah's been talking about this entire time is one hundred percent true. When she, when he sees the T one thousand go through the bars and he, he he drops the pen in his mouth and he goes, Holy crap, everything she said is factual. This is insane. And I think that's the last scene with the psychiatrist, but yeah. 
Um, Terminator 2, in every single way, is better than Terminator 1. I gave this movie a 10 out of 10. It's probably my favorite action movie of all time. It's just... You should watch the Mission Impossible movies. They're really good, Kevin. It's just... Especially the fourth one, where he where he scales the Burj Khalifa. Uh, it's completely practical. Uh, yeah, Terminator 2 is just amazing. The only really... F- the only real flaw with it is Edward Furlong is not great as young John Connor. Um, when when he says his little one-liners and everything is great, but when he's actually trying to do real like dramatic scenes, he's not the best. Mm-hmm. He's not horrible, but um, not the best. He's also in American History X. He's oh. really good. In I that. think that's the main thing that sort of bugged me about it was just the kid who is sort of annoying in general throughout it. Uh, in in terms of his acting, I think he was also supposed to be uh, portrayed as being annoying, right? But just his acting was not the best. So I think that's what held me back from giving it a perfect score the first time I watched it. Yeah, but uh, it's it's crazy that you meet you meet uh, Arnold in the first one. And he he's you see him as like pretty much just the most horrifying, terrifying um, machine ever. And then in the second one, they manage to make him seem weak by just escalating every the the T one thousand in every single way is is stronger, more superior than um, the original. Arnold Terminator, uh, and just one of the best scenes ever is, is when um, Arnold is, <clears throat> excuse me, Arnold's on the phone call with with uh, John Connor's foster parents, and you hear the one of my favorite lines is is uh, when he he's he mimics John's voice and talks to his foster parents or the T one thousand as the foster parent and and goes, um, why is Wolfie barking, and. The foster parent goes, Wolfie's fine, honey. Where are you? And then Arnold goes, your foster parents are dead. So good. And you see, you see, uh, it reveals that she's, she turned her hand into a blade and killed his foster father. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's great. truly inspirational. Great stuff. great stuff. Good. I should really rewatch that sometime. Throughout the entire thing. It's, it's pretty much a perfect duology. One and two. It, it wraps up um, everything pretty much nicely. By the end of the second one, there's pretty much no threat. They destroyed the original computer chip. They destroyed Arnold's hand. They destroyed the T-1000. They destroyed the Arnold Terminator, and it wraps it up pretty much, making making the future uh, that is currently happening, the, the 20, 2029 AD uh, of, of the horrifying, terrifying robot future uh, is no more because they they destroyed everything that could lead to that future. I mean, it wraps up in a perfect way, and you go, wow, that was great. What a perfect, amazing story, duology. Um, <laughs> and then they made Terminator Dark Fate. And wow, watching, uh, watching Terminator 1 and 2 immediately before watching Dark Fate really shows you how just terrible this one was. Uh, I gave Terminator Dark Fate a 3 out of 10. I absolutely hated it. It was terrible. Um, from the very the very first scene, just completely ruins. I mean, it ruins the entire the, the first two movies in every way. The first the fir- very first scene is there a new Arnold Terminator comes out and just shoots John Connor in the face, young Edward Furlong John Connor, and kills him, uh, which just completely ruins everything about the first two movies. Um, 
it was, it was just a, a huge slap in the face, especially watching it right afterwards as a, as a, a cohesive trilogy. It just ruins the first two. Anyways, um, and Sarah Connor is in this one now as a old woman. That's not the right movie. I know. I have never seen. I haven't seen Dark Fate. I've seen on the grade for Terminator Genesis was. Yeah, uh, Sarah Connor is in this one now as an as an old lady. She's got like a a, a new haircut and she she's just she's a completely hardened character. She's an outlaw in all fifty states of the U.S. and she, I think she's living in in Cuba or where, wherever the movie starts. Um, and she's she's an, just annoying in this one. Every single character in this movie is so annoying. Uh, the new, the new, uh, the new protector. What's her name? Mackenzie Davis is uh, is 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 like kind of a Terminator. She's an enhanced, an enhanced human. She has robotic um, abilities. She has enhanced uh, strength, enhanced speed, and everything. She's basically not as strong as, as a Terminator, but she's pretty matched. Uh, but the thing is, since she's an actual person, she runs out of energy, and she needs. She needs her meds after she after she fights for a while, and her character was awful. She's like the most, she's like the most edgy, annoying person, and especially after watching uh, the first two, with being being on the journey with Sarah Connor the entire time, uh, and she's she's so rude to Sarah Connor for no reason. She's like, one of her lines is she's I will I'll f you up, Sarah, if you don't follow me. I'm the boss, and I was like, no, you're not. Shut up. Sarah's the boss. She's a better character than you. You're an idiot. Um, and the new, the new, the whole plot of the of the movie is that uh, they send a new new Terminator because in this future they've wiped out Skynet. Skynet does not exist anymore, so it's not the future that we see in Terminator One Two, but it's a new future where it's the same exact thing. They just it's a new AI that develops and pretty much just goes right right back to where they were and. I feel like that's what happens. I feel like that's what happens in like every movie is that they're like, oh, but the thing is, it still happened anyways. I think yeah. I'm, I, I, it's so forgettable, but I'm pretty sure that's what happened in Terminator Genesis as well. And yeah, yeah. so I, so someone, I, a red letter media said that they that the Terminator movies are like um, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> that's Pretty the same accurate. six ingredients, just Pretty rearranged. Accurate. Yeah, they're all they're all very similar. Yeah, but. Um. Yeah, but it, it was just horrible the entire way, and it's 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 so much more like the first two as as kind of unrealistic as they are um, in the world they live in. It, it makes sense, kind of all the scenes that happen, as even though there is hu- like huge explosions in the first two, giant giant battles. It still feels in some way in some way grounded, um, but in the, in this one, it's just completely does not feel realistic at all does not feel grounded um, everything it just feels like it feels like a traditional action movie mm-hmm. that would come out these it doesn't feel like a terminator movie at all it just feels like a generic action movie i mean in this one they in like the span of 5 minutes they fly they they're flying in a cargo bob they have this giant fight in midair like during like zero g they're like floating in the air cuz they're they're they keep flying throughout this this helicopter they're like punching each other midair. Then they they get into like a car. They crash underwater. Then they start like driving underwater or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go back up above water. And then they keep fighting and they keep fighting. And it's just it's just horrible. 
I feel like it that's... It doesn't feel realistic at all I, in any way. I feel like that's just with with having um, practical effects, everything just seems a lot... Everything just seems realer. Um, with CGI, no matter how good it is, it always... There there always be a sense of it's just, it's just manufactured and nothing seems real. And I will get into that shortly, but that's the same thing that happened with... Um, um, Indiana Jones and the, the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I had that same feeling where it was like, ah, oh, just, just why is there so much CGI in this movie? It all feels yeah. so fake. It just is feels com- completely totally different than the first two. I, th- I the only uh, redeeming part of this movie is uh, the the new Terminator is actually a pretty cool concept. He can, he's pretty much like the T one thousand in the in the second one where he can can transform himself. Except in this one, he can he actually can separate himself from the Terminator body. So there's the robot Terminator and uh, the actual human form. They can separate themselves and fight <laughs> separately, which is actually kind of a cool idea. That's literally like the only redeeming well, thing I have of, for this movie. Then what's the what's I mean what's the human part made out of? Is it just uh, it's not explained. new bones? It's not explained in any way how that's possible mm-hmm. or anything. It, I just think as a as a concept, it was it was kind of cool to see that. But yeah, also Arnold is in this for no reason. At the end, they, no reason. Got to get well, that paper, they boy. Have, because they have to have Arnold in the Terminator movie. But yeah, it it, it doesn't. Ugh, this movie pisses me off. Um, it, it's the same Arnold that is sent is sent uh, to kill John Connor at the beginning of the movie. Um, uh, which, by the way, it doesn't make any sense how that happened. If they wiped out the the every every sign of Skynet or or the Terminator how did they come back anyway it doesn't matter it's stupid but this this Terminator after he after he kills John Connor uh, he 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 doesn't die he just keeps living and he gains a conscience pretty much and he starts to feel bad about killing John Connor and he <laughs> he goes by the name of Carl now and he's a contractor <laughs> and he gets his he gets a family but it's a, it's not a sexual or romantic uh, relationship with his wife in no way. It, they, it's it's completely, um, uh, it's completely just just a. It's not a physical connection. It's just it's just husband and wife, I guess, but without any of the physical uh, connection. And it, it doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. He has a son, has a wife, and they love each other and like they hug him goodbye. It's so dumb. Um, wow. Yeah, it okay. doesn't make any sense and ruins the first. Two. I think you're gonna give yourself a seizure if you keep on yeah. talking, Kenneth. Anyways, yeah, those are my that's my thoughts on Terminator Dark Fate. It's horrible. Never going to watch it again. Okay, well, I can't wait to watch it. Yep. Okay, so this one's a bit of a long one, eh? So I got to talk about fifteen different Disney shorts, and then we have to talk about our main feature for the night, Annihilation. Okay, so. I have started in the morning watching Disney shorts. Oh, just, this is a long episode. There's no time limits here at the at the Our Week in Film. It's called Our Week in Film, not Our Week in Film, summarized in an hour or less. Okay, so in the morning, as long as we want to, baby. In the in the morning, um, I've decided as my new routine to uh, wake up, shower, go outside and listen to the birds chirp, and then go downstairs. Make a smoothie, and then as I as I eat my smoothie, it's very thick and and very very hard to 
eat out of a, a, of a cup, so I use a bowl and I just use a spoon. Not an acai bowl, just a regular smoothie, but in a bowl. Anyways, as you I'm doing that, oats on it next time. as I'm doing that, I've decided to start watching the Disney Through the Decades collection, mm. which to is give you the, like a Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, basic. Nostalgic yeah. Feel it is. It, it, it is. It is very much like that. Unfortunately, th- there's no autoplay feature for Disney, so every time I finish a thing, which they're like seven or eight minutes each, I have to go menu and hit the new one. But other than that, it's a, it's a very nice very nice time. I've had a lot of fun, and I'm surprised by how uh, uh, like genuinely entertaining these are. Like you know, like you think cartoons, you're like, yeah, they're fun, but like they're not like amazing. No. Some of these are actually genuinely are pretty funny. genuinely entertaining, and so I'm I'm just going completely chronologically. Eventually, I'll get to the movies, and I'll just be watching those in bits. Uh, I won't be watching the whole things, but I'll watch like half or a third of it per day. But anyways. So this will be a new thing. I'm going to try to go through them quickly so I don't waste anyone's time. Um, next week there will be so many of these. Ugh, I don't even know what to do. But Steamboat Willie, obviously classic. Uh, Santa's Workshop is a is a movie about Santa. It's, uh, in, it's enjoyable, nothing special. Babes in the Woods is about... Um, that's, it's a Hansel and Gretel type scenario. Slightly different though. Didn't really pique my interest. Flowers and Trees is a is one of the more famous um, things you've probably seen a poster for it at least. It's the silly symphony thing, and it's actually a pretty um, pretty thorough and pretty uh, pretty good plot. Um, I liked it uh, particularly, and I found it particularly enjoyable. And then finally, uh, like yeah, and finally for that day, this is not a cartoon, but did you watch anything on the thirteenth? Or is that the 13th itself? 13th blended into... Mm. It's all the same now. Uh, Okay, so, and then the 13th, I watched the, in my opinion, could be a hot take. Not really, though, because a lot of people share this sentiment. My favorite Indiana Jones movie, which is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, which is, I I think, better, uh, not substantially, but, I mean, there's a pretty good, there's a pretty good um, sort of... uh, pretty good difference between Raiders of the Lost Ark and in the Last Crusade in my opinion in terms of quality. Both are really amazing. I both I gave both of them four stars, but um Raiders of the Lost Ark is sort of low four. Last Crusade is a really high four. Um um but yeah, Last Crusade um is it's everything you know and love from the original Raiders of the Lost Ark but with actual good interesting character development and that uh, Indiana Jones is with his father this time, Sean Connery. Sean Connery, James a, Bond, a favorite for me and you. Uh-huh. Is he is he good in this? Does he's, he, he's does really he good. Give off any James Bond vibes? Uh, he gives off some Indiana Jones's dad vibes. It's he's a really good performance. Uh, he sort of he's he sort he sort of loses his face in in sort of his costume. Yeah. It's a little hard to pick him out. Also because he's really old. He's a lot older. Um, Girls aren't swooning after him and desperately no. wanting to make out with him in this one. Now, while there is a there, uh, both Indiana Jones and and his father, Henry Jones, they both sort of have, I mean, imply to have sex with the same girl, and Indiana oh, Jones no. is like, "Oh, that's gross, Dad." He's like, oh, "I'm a man. What do you want me to do?" <laughs> and yeah, so it's 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 just a funny it's just a funny dynamic. It's a great dynamic, and there's some good character development. We see Indiana Jones transition from a. Uh, from the guy who's always ready to take to take action and and do whatever it takes to get the idol to a guy who's sort of more mature and, and knows what's actually worth it and what really matters to him. He's more of a character than yeah action. Hero. Yeah, exactly. And I think it was really well done. It wasn't over the top like 
dramatization, but it also wasn't too little. It was perfect. It was perfectly balanced. Um, the only thing, the only thing, (laughs) precisely. The only thing I'll say is that the the with without Sean Connery, it was sort of, um, dipping into um, sort of the Temple of Doom type territory. But once Sean Connery came in, part of the movie came in. Yeah, I mean their relationship is the best part of the movie, and yeah, the movie actually starts with young young Indiana Jones and like a like a backstory behind how he got his hat how, why he hates snakes um, I guess sort of um, but yeah so anyways I really love The Last Crusade and I think it's the, uh, the best one I've seen all of them now so uh, yeah I only think there's yeah also final thing I've watched um, I watched Scott Pilgrim vs. The World last night uh, and I loved it a lot. You've seen this too, right? I have, yeah. yeah. I watched it very, very. I think this is even. I think this is pre three hundred movie list stage where I, when I watched uh-huh. this, I just watched it because I felt like it on my phone in the beached whale in the classic beached whale position. You're you're familiar with Kevin, where I lay on my bed like a beached on whale floor, and look at my phone from the floor. That's when I watched it. Yeah, this movie was just so much fun. Um, no, I don't think anyone can make this movie besides Edgar Wright. I mean, he's pretty much perfect director for this. His style goes hand in hand with this movie, uh, and it was great. Uh, Michael Sarah is great in this. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is also great. I've seen three movies with her this year, not intentionally, but man, maybe should be my most watched actress. Anyways, uh, yeah, it was great. Uh, at the beginning, I didn't know anything about the movie going into it, um, so I was just enjoying the ride where it was taking me and then once the once the plot actually started to happen with the seven the seven deadly x's i was like oh i don't actually like that that much um but after after like the first after only the first battle uh, i actually i warmed up to the idea it was just it came out of nowhere in the first the first x just came out of nowhere At the at the band or her at the band uh battle he just comes out of nowhere and says i'm gonna battle you and i was like oh what the heck but after, after that happens, uh, they start to actually talk about it, and they they say, "Oh yeah, this is the plot. You have to fight my seven exes." And I, and and I was like, "Okay, I mean, oh, whatever." Um, it it's it's weird because for the most part, the 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 world they li- they live in is very grounded. It's pretty much the same world that we live in, except it's it's like a video game comic book world. But the only times that it's really really gives off any sense that they live in like a kind of a video game world is when they actually do the battles there's not really any besides editing editing uh, choices there's not really any other video game esque um, mm-hmm. things in the movie so that's a one little problem I had with it it's, of course. And it's based on a comic book which is yeah. which is also which is why, they, why it's so comic booky but it, yeah. it's just the world that they live in doesn't really seem comic booky until, except for when the actual battles happen. But and the battles were really fun. Uh, it was so hilarious. I, I laughed out loud many, many times. Uh, Chris Evans is really good <laughs> in his one scene that he has. Um, and the in the the Superman Returns Superman guy. Oh yeah, that's what he is. I, yeah. that's what he's I also in Legends yeah. of Tomorrow. I don't know his his he's, the name, but he's the yeah. he's vegan. Very funny. The, the vegan uh-huh. piece come and arrest him for being having a having half lots of. <laughs> they say chicken isn't vegan. Gelato isn't vegan. 
Uh, it's yeah. funny. It was very goofy, but it, mm-hmm. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jason Schwartzman was also in it. He was good. He was a very annoying jerk, and I hated him, but it was cool when he lost. Uh, the ending was really good, where he he finds himself. Uh, Scott Pilgrim is really not a good a good character. He's not a he's not a person you should sympathize with, um, like ex- except towards the end. But throughout the whole movie, he's really a a, a, a bad person. Redeems himself. Yeah. Shaun of the Dead, I think Baby Driver is definitely better than this. I like it better. Uh, that's my favorite Edgar Wright film mm-hmm. that I've seen. I still need to watch Hot Fuzz and World's End, but yeah. I think um, I think uh, Hot Fuzz might be my favorite uh, of, of, of all of his. and uh, They're all really good. I think The World's End is the worst, but even that is amazing. Or not amazing. It's really good, though. Um yeah, so Scott Program would rank number four for me. I think technically he has a a, a very unknown uh, sixth film that no one ever talks about. So I'm hesitant to do my ranking until I see that very obscure film. But I've seen all of the all of his main main ones, and um, Scott Program versus the World is is I guess one of his lesser works, but it's highly entertaining. And I think the thing I like about most of it, besides the editing, which of course is amazing, is just the um, the the characters every single character i think is funny like um uh, macaulay culkin's brother yeah he was so funny and, when he uh, starts to he slowly gets more and more gay boyfriends mm-hmm. of course jason schwartzman uh, one of my favorite actors who i who i you know sort of fell in love with not in a not in a heter- uh, homosexual way but in a, a actor sense and w- after watching the movie rushmore um who's of course great in it so yeah i like the characters are my favorite part of the movie okay so, that's... Yeah, I think it had two big MCU actors before they were even in the MCU. Yeah, that's crazy. Chris Evans and Brie Larson. I think, yeah, I think this is right before he took on the role of Captain America. Yeah, 2011 um, is when the Winter Soldier, or not, First Avenger came out. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, final day, Kevin. This is the day, the 14th. Hey, the 14th. Is I didn't watch excited. anything today. Well, yeah, oh, you watched I half watched of the end of the movie. Okay, so... Five films here. Well, six, but I haven't logged. Um, I haven't logged King of the Crystal School yet. Um, so I watched the movie Silent Movie. Mel Brooks again. Um, uh, this one is. Um, this movie is completely silent. It's oh, really? entirely silent. Well, except for one scene in which a everything's silent except for a scene where a mime is on the phone and he says no, <laughs> and that's the one that's thing. Funny. That's the one line of dialogue. Uh, so that I mean that's the, obviously classic Mel Brooks uh, gags, but. Yeah, it's um, it's it's pretty. It was pretty surprising to me. I I didn't even know it was completely silent going in. I thought it was just like sort of a parody on silent movies, but it would be silent. But the whole movie is is the story of a man named Mel Fun, who goes to a studio and says, "I want to produce a silent film." And he's like, "Are you sure? No one, no one would ever go to see or buy a, a silent movie nowadays." And that's the whole joke because that's what the movie is itself. Mm-hmm. And it's the at the end it says. At the end, it says based on a true story, or this is a true story, something like that. But yeah, um, the, the classic Mel Brooks gags translate fairly well to silence, but it's not perfect. And I think a lot of the gags are sort of like, um, yeah, 
some of them are good, some of them are bad. It's not totally 100% all there all the time. And a lot of slapstick, which is, of course, you know, a, a homage, I guess, to Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin and, and such. But um, it sometimes works. There's a, there's a great thing. <laughs> there's a great thing where uh, the, the studio head says, like, I... I who no one likes they're pitching the idea and he says no one likes slapstick anymore and then he falls out of his chair he slides under his desk and slides up to the wall like 20 feet like completely absurd ridiculous never happened so that was like the funniest part of the movie just like that juxtaposition so yeah um funny movie i watched that i watched that before i woke up um because i'm on such an awful sleep schedule that i've been waking up at two in the morning uh but hopefully tonight since i'm so tired i'll go to sleep after this and wake up Anyways, uh, four films, The Pied Piper, Ye Olden Days, Three Little Pigs, and The Big Bad Wolf. Uh, Pied Piper was um, supposedly dark, but this version sort of um, nipped that in the bud, so to speak. Ye Olden Days was a film that I found to be uh, oddly sort of, um, I guess, uh, not, I guess, beautiful. Uh, I, I can't really say beautiful, but I, I, for some reason I found it really, uh, I, I sort of found like, like, I sort of found it like sad, I guess, in the scene where Mickey Mouse is, 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 is singing a song to Minnie in a way that I can't really explain, but I don't know. Maybe it's, it's like that maybe one, it's the quarantine. It's like that one scene in the Merge movie that was weirdly slightly good. Yeah. Where, where he talks to the world, dad. where the world like freezes. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that was kind of good, but still really bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the one yeah. scene. Uh, okay, and then I watched Three Little Pigs and The Big Bad Wolf, which are both sort of, I guess, they came out close to each other. It's the classic Big Bad Wolf and uh, Little Red Riding Hood, Three Little Pigs stories told in their classic form. Um, and, I, I mean, that's where basically the, the whole tale is originated from. Like, like the Grimm brothers came, and then the Disney adaptation is really what we focus on uh, in, in terms of popular culture for those stories. But... We never actually. I. I mean, I, most people haven't seen them like as 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 children. Uh, I guess at least I hadn't. Uh, so, anyways, uh, the King of the Crystal Skull, the final Indiana Jones movie, uh, was. Um, I really. I. I was very disappointed by it. I think I might give it. Um, I think I might give it two and a half stars. It was. It was definitely the worst of the bunch. Tons of awful CGI, just awful, abysmal stuff that remind me of uh, heavily of the Star Wars or prequels, which makes sense because it's, of course, produced by and written by George Lucas, um, directed by Steven Spielberg. But yeah, it just sort of felt like it didn't, it, it, there wasn't a lot of uh, thought put into it, which is odd because apparently this took like 20 years of actual, they were actually trying to make it for 20 years, not just like they were like oh, really? one day, oh, I'm going to make it, but like, it's like they're pa passing scripts back and forth for 20 years, but that might have something to do with it, of course. Um, why it was so bad because it just went back and forth between tons of different people. You need but, to yeah. stop making yeah. movies after perfect trilogies. Anyway. Yeah. It's it, it's true. Toy it Story's it really is a perfect trilogy, and it, it make it it legitimately kind of made me a little bit sad just watching it. Like, uh, like, like, why did they have to do this? It was so it was so amazing how they ended it, and you have a perfect trilogy. This film just is ended, just, and then it's like it's not the worst thing in the world, but it just it has literally no reason to be there at all, and it's just like, uh, it, it makes you feel obliged to watch yeah, it exactly when it didn't need to happen. Exactly. <clears throat> Okay. Okay. It's time for the recommendation. I wrote a little ditty. 
so that we'll have a little theme song for the recommendation segment now because of this. It's time. Wait, hold on. It's time for the recommendation. So sit. Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> okay. It's time for the recommendation. So sit down and listen to the recommendation. That's good. That's our theme song. And today's today's recommendation, last week's recommendation, was the film Annihilation. Yeah. Alex Garland's courtesy of sophomore Kevin film. After he made Ex Machina, also a great movie. Uh, it's true. This is I prefer Ex Machina. Just gonna say it, okay? I prefer. This is probably my favorite uh, sci-fi ever. Ever heard of Two Thousand One: A Space Odyssey? Okay, sci-fi horror. Sure. Which is a, I guess, a genre in itself. Sci-fi horror. Definitely my favorite of that genre. Uh, yeah. I love this movie so much. It's so cool. Um. <laughs> you just watched it. So uh-huh. do you have, do you have okay. Any on it? Well, I didn't like it as much as you um, put it out there. Uh, I thought it was. I honestly, I think I I would give it a three and a half. Um, it certainly is um, interesting, visually interesting. Uh, oh, yeah. The the scene with the the bear was was really good. Kevin said it gave him nightmares or something. I didn't think it would do that, but um, just the just the sort of like a like eerie like echoing that was coming out that of the bear. The, the, the really... idea of just a muted, if you can yeah. mimic the voice perfectly. It's a, the, the the scariest part is just that it it, it feels like the, the bear is is not not even evil. He, he I think he's trying to convey mm-hmm. what he's feeling because I mean it's a mutated bear. I mean imagine how much pain it's in. He, he just screams over and over, "Help me! It hurts." Those are yeah. the last words. Yeah, yeah. It's just horrifying really stuff. Good. Um, I, I think it's um, uh, I, I just don't feel like there's a lot of, I just don't feel like like what's the, what's the point, <laughs> what's the point of it all? You know? I don't know. It was just, I don't know. It was, it was just, it's a, it's a. It's just awesome. <laughs> it's it's just horrifying, and it, the visuals are amazing, and the, this the concepts of of the alien crashing into Earth and just kind of taking over, like especially the the the, ref, the refractions of of when the when he the, the mutate plants into growing into like human shaped plants. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things. Uh, just the just the look of the movie overall. Like the, some of the imagery, the plants, um, Oscar Isaac's guts moving, or whoever, uh, the the one where I walked in of the, of like the flowery like corpse where you, you know, it's like right where I walked in with, it's hard to describe, but like the flowery, the cor- the corpse that his legs were sticking at, and then just kind of grew into like a branchy thing with and his, his skull was on top yeah i think you know i think i know what you're talking about i think uh i think uh i guess if i had to say something about it um is there's a lot of these interesting really really uh, like honestly amazing like visual concepts yeah, the visuals but are, are they amazing. sort of the colors i feel like there's they sort of fail to like s- like mean a lot i mean they, they i mean you could s- sort of say they mean something i guess I don't know something about like like rebirth. I don't think there's. I don't think <laughs> it just feels like there's really not a real too much meaning to this movie. It's not supposed to be some kind of deep movie. 
It's, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely about grief and guilt, which that's the whole reason she goes on the mission in the first place is because she feels so guilty for cheating on uh, Oscar Isaac. That's the entire reason she goes on the mission in the first place. Um, mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is definitely a movie I would like more if I saw it in theaters because it's just a very visceral experience. The sound design and the, the cinematography is just some of the best I've ever seen. And the ending uh, really makes the movie. It would probably be... Uh, I was I was like on nine, 9 or, or 10 when I was watching it, but once once the ending happens, and I mean, it's a definite 10 out of 10 for me. Um, the, the score at the end just pretty much the coolest like song music score ever um it's like it it's so it's like oh gosh it's so cool <laughs> it's it's very it's so alien the the, the sound of the, the music is it's like nothing i've ever heard before mm-hmm. um you know what i'm thinking of as a, as the best science fiction horror film would be uh semi-science fiction would be a clockwork orange which i think is has definitely sci-fi elements in it but it's also extremely just really call clockwork orange a sci-fi horror i i mean it is considered it is considered sci-fi and it is considered scary (laughs) i wouldn't um yeah uh the alien just the entire ending of of the movie is so cool. Just the um, just the entire concept of the alien, how it perfectly mimics Natalie Portman the entire time, and it, he doesn't even he's not even really a bad thing. He he's just the alien just comes into life and is trying to figure out. He doesn't he doesn't have any, as she said in the movie. I don't think he, he had any wants. It was just mimicking uh, her. It only hit her because he hit she hit him first. Um, the only reason it was pushing and strangling her because she was pushing pushing force too it was it was just mimicking what she was doing and a real us type scenario yeah uh, i think i liked us better than this movie oh no way oh yes me? way oh yeah this is really good um, i really liked us a lot yeah i think the, the the mutated bear is seriously like one of the scariest uh, movie monsters i've ever seen it's deeply deeply unsettling mm-hmm. um, yeah the visuals the imagery and the music it's all great I love it I give it a 10 out of 10 um, I give it a 7 out of 10 cool I think we're on the same page you just had more of a connection with it I just I just um, yeah it's okay. awesome. awesome so that's our that's our segment recommendations now recommendations. for the new that's this week's new we're recommendation watching next week I'm gonna recommend a bit of an oldie, a goodie. Yeah, I might recommend old movies. I recommend this may be the oldest film, maybe the oldest. And I'm pretty sure it will be the oldest feature film you'll ever see. And the film I'm recommending Golden is Broken Blossoms. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Oh wow! And I think you should watch it a few times. It's on the Criterion Channel. Uh-huh. I think you should watch it a few times. Uh, like I did with live orchestration, of course, in a in a small 
small but um but sort of cozy theater um, with a projection and an actual yeah, professional um, accompaniment accompaniment like I did but um, anyways I recommend watching it I definitely don't do the YouTube version or um, watch the watch the version that's on Criterion or the best like most official version because the version I watched was sort of a bad restoration the first time but the second time I really enjoyed it a lot more and go into it knowing that it'll be weird but it'll be awesome so yeah. that's okay that's the recommendation yes cabinet disc Dr. Kevin Bryant. Yeah. Alright. Okay. So, that's the segment called Recommendations. And now it's time for possibly a new segment that may happen sometime if this podcast takes off. Let's be reminding the folks at home every week of this. And Broken Blossoms is one year earlier than Dr. Kevin Bryant. Oh. Ah. That's, that's not, that, that won't ever be a recommendation. I believe that. Anyways, what were you saying? Anyways, uh, our new segment is called. Hey guys, uh, if you wanna, if you want to, you could just uh, shoot us an email, asking questions, comments, recommendations for movies, anything you want, and we'll certainly read those and discuss them. And we, so we got an email. Did we? Yeah. Wow. I told you this several times. I thought you, oh, yeah, we made an email. I yes. thought you meant we like actually got one. Someone sent us an email. <laughs> oh yeah. No. I know oh, sorry, sorry. I thought I thought you were saying that someone like took an envelope and sent us an email address and said, "Here you go." Mm. No. Yes. No. No one sent us an email. I don't think. So, an I would hope not, because no one publishes it. I'm surprised we got it. Our we can film as at gmail.com has not been taken yet. Our we can film. Our we can film at gmail.com. Gmail. Again, that's our we can film at gmail.com. It's true. If you would like to send in anything you want, we'll read it on this podcast. Questions, fan mail, fan art. Yeah, fan art. <laughs> what, do you, what you think we might look like. You know, we're never going to reveal that. 100th episode will be the Actually, face uh, reveal. The cover of this podcast. Yeah. That's true, but they don't have a high-resolution image, though. So. But which one is Zach and which one is Kevin? That's true. They don't know. They just don't know. They have no idea. So anyways, um, uh, yeah, that, that'll may, may be our new segment um, if, if, if people fall through anything? with that. Again, that's Nessie. Shout out to you again. You should send us something. Our weekend film at gmail.com. Um, so, anything else? That's, uh, that's, I don't know what to say. This is a really long episode. It was. It was I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Probably about 15 minutes of it were cut out because yeah, of the fact that. Uh, hour and 43 minutes. Right? A lot of stammering and stumbling, but regardless, of, so it'll take a long time to edit it up. Anyways, uh, uh, I guess that's all for this episode. Remember to always watch movies, and as me and my dear, dear friend and only brother Kevin always say, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Goodbye. Live in New York. Yep. Now you end it.